0: Plus. Recorded live. Welcome everybody to the Genesis Science Fiction Radio Show, a service of the BlackScienceFictionSociety.com website. This is your June 1st, 2018 edition, first June, first day of June. It, it's confusing for us here in Chicago because the last four or five days, now four days, we had... 90-degree weather, high 80-degree weather. And then today, um, I'm running around town with hard nipples all day because I wore a little T-shirt, and it was freezing. It was like low 60s. Anyway, enough about me. Uh, Tonight, we have – actually, we have somebody who, who wears more hats than Jarvis. And I know that that's hard for everybody to believe. But listen to this. She's a filmmaker. A vocal coach, a producer, a composer, a musician, a songwriter, a singer. Um, if I were to be objective about this, she's uh, easy on the eyes. Or, as I usually say when I don't want to get sued, uh, she is definitely not cosmetically underprivileged. And uh, we're, uh, we're we're blessed to have Zola, Peaches, and is it Shrinko? How do you pronounce it's, that? It's Cranko. Oh, crank, okay. It's the hard seat. Okay, yes. and uh, welcome to the show. I'm I'm really happy you made it. You know, sometimes oh. people have trouble getting in, but I'm glad you're here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I had a little trouble. I'm um, I'm actually usually more tech minded than that, <laughs> me, but uh, I'm I'm so glad to be here,
0: and I'm <laughs> glad I got here also. Thank you for having me. Okay. Oh, wow. Our guest just left. Um, Anyway, where are you coming to us from? What part of the country? Arizona. Oh, you know, now, let's see. Have I driven through Arizona? No, I don't think. Uh, no, uh, no, I haven't. I mean, I I hear about, oh, yes, I did. I mm. flew out to Arizona. And I flew out wet back when, uh, with you know, airport security was not as tough as it is now because I knew I would be driving back from Arizona. I I, I helped a friend move from Scottsdale, Arizona, back to the, mid, to the Midwest.
2: Oh, So I okay. flew
0: out and I knew I was going to be on the road. And back then I had a big Afro and I was a little bit darker, you know, because it was summer. <laughs> and so I completely disassembled one of my guns. I mean, took it completely apart and scattered all the parts around my cameras and around all my stuff and my luggage, and actually got a gun on the plane. I don't think wow. you can get away with that today. I I don't think so. No. Wow. But, I mean, I it was beautiful. You know, there's a strange beauty to the desert, and, it, you know, it's not what you're used to, and, yes, it does look a little desolate. Yes, it doesn't have a lot. I mean, you know, you do have your own kind of vegetation, but it. It's pretty gorgeous out there if you can just relax and just take it in. Um, have you lived there for a long time? Are you a transplant? What's the deal?
2: Well, um,
1: I, I'm i a transplant. Uh, I came here um, many, many years ago. My father was assigned uh – uh, I'm an Air Force brat, so he was mm-hmm. assigned uh, to the air base here um, when I was a teenager. And um, then I ended up uh, leaving home and um, singing for my supper and I, I I stayed here. So um, <clears throat> then I ended up getting married. You know, years years later, I got married. I had three children. Got divorced. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, and then I moved to Los Angeles um, for about ten years. And uh, then uh, I came back here about uh, about five years ago. Uh, not planning to stay, but um, I've been here longer than I I planned on it. But uh, so yeah um it's on the transplant it's it's kind of like home but yeah. um i agree with you the uh, i i know what you're saying about the look of things i had always lived in northern climates uh my whole life being an air force brat we traveled a lot and when we sure. when we came out here when you're comparing it to other um uh, areas of the country that are more green it's it's very desolate looking i mean you just you know well it looks like desert you, you yeah. Know, just oh, yeah. Desert. Um, but then, when you when your eyes adjust and you stop comparing it, you start to see the innate, you know, unique beauty of it. And uh, mm-hmm. it, it is very. It, the desert is very beautiful. Um, very beautiful.
0: I uh, I've never day.
2: lived.
0: I've never lived in desert, you know, climate myself. I um, let's see, where have I been? Well, mostly in the Midwest. You know, Chicago wisconsin michigan um a little bit out in california not too much um because i found out well the whole japanese half of my family is out there you know i'm half black half japanese i did not go down to oklahoma and spend any time with the other half of my family because they all came up to chicago so i i have not really spent much time in the desert but it was it was you know like i said it was very pleasant driving oh I'll tell you what surprised me: how cold it gets at night. That kind yeah. of that kind of surprised me, um, you know. Because during the day, not much humidity, but I think it was, you know, the temperatures were above a hundred, you know. But because there wasn't a lot of humidity, it wasn't too bad on the air conditioning in the in the in the uh, truck I was driving. But you know, when we were loading up and stuff like that the night before. I was like, "Wait, well, wait, wait, wait! Are we really in Arizona, or did you all fly my ass someplace else and didn't tell me?" <laughs> it was like it was forty-seven yeah. degrees, you know. and yeah. I, I was I was shocked, but um, yeah. But you know, you can yeah. get used to anything. I I was I, I complained about Chicago's weather. You know, like I said, it was ninety yesterday, and it's sixty today, and you know who knows what <laughs> it's going to be tomorrow. We could have you know we could have a flood. So I mean every part of the country I I think really does have its own appeal. Um but I mean why do you why do you think you've been out there longer than you thought you would is it because of, of an affinity or you just haven't gotten on to the next part of your life?
2: Um well when
1: I left Los Angeles I left with a specific plan of I had a, a family here in Arizona and the plan uh-huh. was um, to leave los angeles um and to come through arizona for a few months i had family here who had owned you know had a house that they needed to sell and then we were all doing a trek uh out east i was going to um atlanta or nashville i wanted to be in some place that's, you know musically on the map um okay. especially after being in los angeles um however when i came here um things didn't go as planned um, with family, and um, things it kind of went sideways. And I did not end up uh, going with them to the East Coast. And because by then I had started working on uh, learning uh, 3D and uh, animation and filmmaking, and I generally pretty much always have a recording studio with me um, mm-hmm. recording all of my music, I realized um, at this point in time it didn't matter so much where I was so long as I have an inter-
0: Internet connection. Yeah, uh, you know, a lot so of people are like that, especially filmmakers, because you can't always get a whole cadre of behind-the-camera people to be where you are. Sometimes it's not convenient. Sometimes it's, it's not financially feasible. But, man, I'm telling you, with the Internet, um, you, can, you can pull in professionals from practically anywhere and get things done.
1: You know, I I haven't um gotten to that point or availed myself. I'm still at this point a, a one woman show. Um, oh,
0: really? Okay. So,
1: yeah, I, I do everything um I, I'm everything my myself. Um, whether it's the the the, the films or music. Um, I'm I'm a musician also, so I um I play uh, piano, keyboard, uh, electric bass, and guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I also teach, uh, I'm also a teacher, a piano instructor. I teach beginning and intermediate piano. Um, so I, 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 and I've always multi-track recorded, um, for, for years. I've always done that. So, uh, everything in my films, everything is, 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 is all me. And, and part of that started off because of what you, you were saying. It's not always practical within your budget to, uh, you know, hire people to do things. So I taught myself how to do things over the past mm-hmm. decade. And now it's kind of a matter of um, uh, a control, I guess, because I have a specific vision um, for my work. So even if I had the budget, I would be very picky, you know, about who I ha- hire. You know, I'm used to having a lot of artistic control over my work. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. Now, does that yeah. make you difficult to collaborate with? Do you think? In your in your estimation, some people are honest enough to say man, I can't work with anybody because I don't even like people. They're not even my fantasy. <laughs> okay, all right, I'm talking about me. I, I. <laughs> but, but but, I mean, I, do you think it's because you're kind of at the beginning of a career that you, you know, I, I could see you being wanting to be, have more control because then that way, not only do you learn the process, but, but being very hands-on, you can kind of control exactly what you're getting into exactly how things turn out or or is it just you haven't had the opportunity to collaborate
2: um i think it's a little a
1: little of both uh, i I'd, I'd rather do it myself than compromise certain things and sometimes um i i think i I think I think big um i tend to think big and i tend to want to i go into the project as done and uh, sometimes I've encountered uh, where you know people that you want maybe want to do a certain a few hours, and then you know kind of be done with things. And I kind of like I stay up all night. You know, I go and mm-hmm, go, mm-hmm. and until so the project's done, I'm really really driven. You know, like that. So um, part of it's 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 that not not wanting to compromise. But I will say I think if you know if I had the budget or met if I had the budget I could actually you know hire those kinds of people you know i could probably work with those kinds of people so um and in terms of my disposition um i know everybody probably says this but um no i'm really easy to work with um and i'm very i um i've just heard this i've i've done this for for many many years and um part of the thing that i get from people is my professionalism and my my disposition um so even though I I am a perfectionist, you know, there's a way to do things. You can do things without being offensive. You can say things, you know, uh kindly, you know, and, and it's about how you approach people and, and your tone, you know, when you approach them. Um I like to be encouraging. It's, it's very important yeah. to me not to I, I I it's just part of everything I do is to really encourage people to do their own thing. So um I, I never want to I never want to make people feel, you know, uh, bad, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm a very <laughs> personal person, and I think also being professional is, is, is part of that is, is is checking your attitude, you know. Um, with uh, wow. everybody gets so you get a lot more done, a lot more accomplished. You get a lot better work out of people when you're when you're kind and when you're encouraging, you know.
0: Um, hold on, talk a little slower because I'm writing all this down because I'm seeing where all my mistakes are being made.
2: Now.
0: <laughs> yeah, be kind of people, huh? I don't know. That's a stretch. Um, anyway, no, but I, I do understand what you're saying. So, I mean, probably working in a collaborative environment is probably not going to be a problem for you at all. I mean, you're you sound pleasant. You know, you're obviously smart. And and also you have you have the gumption to go and learn things on your own, and I also sense a little bit of the perfectionist in you. So you know, if you subscribe to like the Ross Perot philosophy of getting things done, where if you don't do something well yourself and it needs to be done right away, you go and you hire the best talent you possibly can and stay out of the way. Um, I I you know I'm lucky. I'm I'm a writer. For the most part, you know, at least in 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 um, writing fiction and things like that, um, I I also am a movie producer and and a, a filmmaker myself, but not in the 3D animation realm. You know, I, I had to use real people, and and all of those things you said about honey catching more flies than vinegar, um, to paraphrase, uh, are, are true. Um, but, you know, the, the tough part is, is when you deal with people, sometimes you get a wild card in there and they, they can test you. Let me ask you this, though. You I know, agree. Being, being, being a musician, I, I'm guessing, did that come first for you? I mean, have you been singing for a long time? Were you Were you, you know, a lot of people will tell me. Oh, I started singing in church, and you know, then it went on from there. I was lucky enough to go to a high school, and uh, oh, Shaka Khan was in our in our in in um, going to high school the same time I was, and and she sang with the choir and stuff like that. And and it's fun to watch people, you know, we had Oscar Brown Jr. in the neighborhood, and Quincy Jones was there for a while, and and to to see nobles like that, watch how they work. And watch, you know, watch them as they grow up, like like even Ramsey Lewis's kids, stuff like that. I I I I have to say that there's a bit of envy to be, to creating music in my heart because it's so compelling and it's and it moves people so much and it has it has so much potential in terms of charting somebody's mood, making somebody's mood, changing somebody's mood. Um, that that I've always been really fascinated with the ability of music itself to move people's souls the way that it does. Was that something that you got into early on?
2: Yes,
1: um, very early on. And um, uh, yes, I've absolutely been doing this longer than um, filmmaking. So I've been singing professionally and and playing musician um, 40 years. as a professional
2: uh, musician, did you say four like zero?
0: Did you say four <laughs> zero years? I may have, <laughs> because I'm looking at your picture and I'm thinking, oh, oh, she was she was making music as an egg. Oh,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you know what? Music also, if you're really good at music and you're really into it, it it also, I think that it 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 helps your longevity and it and it. And it is additive to your life. I mean, look at Aretha Franklin. You know, look at look at people. Look at Stevie Wonder. I think he's what 141 now, and he's been around <laughs> forever. And,
2: yeah. And
0: so, but but I you know I well, think things that nourish your soul have a tendency to 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 really make your life go a little bit smoother.
2: Absolutely. But when you say and
0: early. Uh, let me let me just ask you this: When you say early, how early? Were you singing in church as a little girl? Were you, or were oh, you just yeah. singing as a little girl? Oh, okay.
1: Oh yeah, yes, yeah, singing in. So I started piano lessons um, at seven seven years old. My parents started me piano lessons, and my piano teacher would make me uh, sing along with playing, uh, because you know how when you have the the notes, the words are written underneath the notes when you look at written music. Um, yes. You know, like like typing. They, you know, they don't want you to look at your fingers, you know. They want you to, you know, um, kind of bite the bullet and get the techniques down, you know, initially so that you won't be a crutch looking at your fingers. So in order to keep me from looking at my fingers, she would make me read the words underneath the notes and sing the words, make me sing the words. And um, okay. one, one thing I went to another, and my parents were always, you know, about church. They were always in choirs, and I was in, you know, everything in church. So, yeah, I was always singing in choirs um, and churches. And then um, as I started progressing with my piano lessons, um, eventually in school, uh, the schools would have me playing piano for all of the school functions, all the Christmas programs, um, you know, what have you, um, Easter, Mm -hmm, you know, all of those different programs, I would play for that. And then eventually I started getting hired to direct the choirs, the youth choirs um, at church and then i also started creating my own groups in school my own private groups in which i would audition people in school to be a part of my groups um i'd have 12 member groups ssa first soprano second soprano you know also tenor um and uh and i started writing songs at that time my father got my first three songs copyrighted when i was 12. um okay and uh, he wanted me to understand you know that i need to protect myself music wise and um, so, um, he surprised me with the copyright. So, yes, I've been, um, you know, getting a paycheck for this since, um, uh, since I was, um, uh, 16. Um, uh, and from there, when I left home, I started uh, singing in professional bands for my supper, five piece bands that I would front the band as lead singer and, or I would be playing keyboards at the same time or bass. And I did that for, you know, uh, for, for a very long time. Um mm-hmm. and then I started uh vocal coaching uh teaching voice lessons and piano lessons you know to supplement uh my gigs you know and my income and um i two points I wanted to mention because you mentioned two things that triggered something for me um mm-hmm. you mentioned uh collaborations and then you mentioned shaka Khan and um on my website which is going to be up this week um some people have seen my old website and it was up there but i've done one collaboration um in my career so far and it was with um howard mccrary Uh, when i was in los angeles we wrote uh, a song a theme song for a movie um that they were uh working on called um uh, what is it um looking for an ending was the, the name of the film so um I was asked to write the theme song, and Howard and I, Howard McCrary is, at the time he was married to Shaka Khan's baby sister, Tammy, and they had two (laughs) children together. So, um, and at that time, Shaka Khan and Howard McCrary owned um, a recording studio in North Hollywood called Vertex Records. So Mm -hmm. um, Howard and I collaborated. He did the instrumental (laughs) track, one of the few times where I haven't done the instrumental track, uh, Howard is amazing. Um, he's absolutely amazing. Um, but he did the instrumental cra- uh, track, and I wrote the lyrics, and I sang the demo, and we recorded that there at at Vertex Records, which was Shaka's studio. Wow. so I actually did meet Shaka at the Musicians Institute in Hollywood um, for another um, benefit thing after after that. So it mm-hmm. was pretty crazy because she's always been, you know, a, vocally an idol of mine, and. Um, so to also to add to that, the reason that I actually went to Los Angeles in the first place was to work with, um, Seth Riggs, uh, a vocal coach. I had started experiencing some vocal difficulties, um, around the time of my divorce. And, mm-hmm. um, I became very concerned about my voice and, um, I, um, it took me three years and I still, I would say ear, nose and throat doctor, speech therapist, and, um, no one could find out what was going on with my voice, but I, I, had, I couldn't sing my higher range like I had in the past. So um, that led me to um, checking out the Internet to see what other vocals were having this problem. And um, I came up with Stevie Wonder and Michael Jackson, who were swearing by this vocal coach um, that that they used. And Stevie Wonder had used this vocal coach since he, was, since he had vocal surgery when he was my um. 12 or something like that I hadn't even I didn't yeah even he know was he had, was
0: really young I think he was preteen. yeah
1: but I didn't even know he had had vocal surgery until then I mean I knew little Stevie with all those hits but I had never heard mm-hmm. that um that he had vocal issues um and surgery and after the surgery he came out and he only used Seth, Seth Riggs and has only used Seth Riggs since then so um I went to Los Angeles and I um I checked out the Seth Riggs and um to see who he was about and um anyway uh i ended up working with him a little bit he um he convinced me to move to los angeles and uh that's why i ended up moving to los angeles because of um uh, stevie and michael's coach and he was still coaching michael jackson at the time too um and and tons of other people i mean it's anita baker uh even shaka has been to and whitney was supposed to barbara streisand um if you type in his name it's just it's, it's
0: kind of crazy but
1: that's why I went to Los Angeles actually
0: mhm mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and obviously kind of, it served you well
1: yes yes he um i i give him credit for why why my voice even as i uh, get older my voice my range continues to increase on both ends on the high and low mm-hmm. end and that's because of the mm-hmm. techniques that, that that i got with him uh, ray charles was also going to him at the time and uh, he and Ray Charles are the same age, and Ray Charles is experiencing the same kind of issue, and uh, which I found is now kind of a common issue for singers after a certain point. If you've been singing wrong most of your life, at a certain point. I can
2: see. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. I I only met Ray Charles one time, and he played a trick on me. Um, he played where? He played a trick on me. Oh, okay. Really? I, I was. At, <clears throat> yeah, I was at the Consumer Electronics Show. And, um, you know, I, I was working at a stereo store and, and, you know, we were getting into laser discs and Ray Charles was the spokesperson for Pioneer Laser Discs and he put out a concert on one. And so I lined up to get a, you know, a picture taken with him like everybody else. And um, when my turn came, I went and sat down next to him and we were talking and chatting because they had to change film. They had Oh, they had to put more film in the camera or something like that. And so he said, where are you from? I said, well, I'm from here in Chicago, but I'm living in Wisconsin. I do this. You know, I've got this uh, store where we're doing your laser discs and stuff. And so, you know, just out of the real casual, like, he says, oh, by the way, have you seen my new piano? I said, no. Is it something really special? He said, I don't know. I haven't either. And, of course, you know, about 30 people heard him (laughs) say that. And and there wasn't jack I could do about it except laugh along with everybody else. But he he got me
2: good, you know. <laughs> Don't feel bad about it. Neither have I. Okay, thank you, Ray. Uh, but I mean, he, he he
0: seemed like a really generous soul. He was a very gentle man. He was really nice. But um, you can't you can't deny that his voice and and and. You know, the compositions that he produced and and, and did together, they they were extraordinary. They were really extraordinary. One of my favorite songs is when he redid the Beach Boys, um, oh, Sail on Sail on Sailor. Uh, It's on YouTube. It's an unbelievable rendition of Sail on Sailor. Uh, It was at, I think, at a Beach Boys celebration or something, but nice man. And, And to think that, you know, you... You know, you you have taken the same kind of professional care of your instrument that, you know, the, the names, you know, Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, Ray Charles, you know, Chuck, all of those people, I mean, obviously is a testament to how serious you are about your craft. Um, yes, you know, right. I, I, of, I am. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, yes, one I of the just, things,
2: yes, I am.
0: Yeah, one of the things that I am curious about is, you know, you've mentioned being a filmmaker and, and, you know, not that it's, un you know, unheard of, but it's not a transition that I hear about many, many times, you know, to go from being that, that deep into music and then transitioning to film. Was there a musical lead-in to filmmaking, <laughs> excuse me, or was it something a little more pure than that, you know, just wanting to become a filmmaker, a producer, or what have you? how did that
1: how did that happen yeah so that was uh, i want to say 2010 uh, and um it just uh, happened on this site and I, it's still around and it, it just allowed you where you could go and just create this little animation online you couldn't really d- do a whole whole lot with it and so i was just messing around with this thing and i was like oh this is kind of fun and um then i noticed i kept trying to get it to do more and more intricate kinds of um uh uh, what do you call it? Like um, uh, plots or you know storylines. And I kept trying to get the characters, and it, it wouldn't do that. And um, and I remember just playing with that and saying, and I just said to myself, you know, I really I want to tell stories. I just was just pushing this this cheapo little thing to do more than it could do, and I realized that I'm like, you know, what? I seriously I, I want to tell stories. There's something that I have to say, you know, through this medium. So I decided to research and see what was out there at the time. I really didn't know the difference, I say, between 2D and 3D, um, and uh, I had no idea what was out there. I didn't know there was uh, software like like the one that I use now. Um, mm-hmm. I thought there was one one way of animating, and that yeah, pretty much, you know, you get a pencil and draw and draw a couple trillion, you know, gazillion pictures and uh, put them together. Um, so my research led me to um, the uh, movie storm, you know, I found out mm-hmm. there was th- that kind of thing where you could, you know, for a little bit of money, you could uh, manipulate characters. <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. and then, uh, it led me to iClone. And so, yeah, that was about 2010. So I took like a year and really studied these to see which of these softwares would be, you know, best for me to invest sure. in and try to make sure there's something I was serious about. um, and uh, i eventually went with uh iclone um which is the software i use for my my uh, animation film um because of the versatility and it seemed like the company was really moving forward and uh, Mm -hmm. so yeah so animation um is really just been you know the last uh you know so so that was 2010 i bought the software in, in 2012 january of 2012 so um it's 3D and movie making period has, has been a six-year thing as opposed to 40 years of, um, you know, singing, songwriting, composing, music, just everything about music.
0: Yeah. Um, Jarvis posted a link to the YouTube <coughs> of your of your video just so that people who are logged on can take a look at it.
1: Which which one? This is
0: the I, don't, I don't know. I can't, I can't click on it. I'm busy paying attention to you. Um, <laughs>
2: damn, you know, if I could really
0: multitask, none of y'all would have met me. Um, Rocket Ages.
1: Oh, my first film. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
2: That, yeah,
0: that, that, one,
1: um, that was my very, my very first film. Um, I released that in, uh, 2015. And, mm-hmm. um, so from 2012 to 15, um, I, what would have was I got into the software, and after a couple years of working, I started to be able to do things, and I started to get kind of like I was really getting around in the software, where I started to see that eventually I would really be able to create anything I could imagine and animate it, you know, with the, mm-hmm. with the, mm-hmm. the abilities I was achieving. Um, but then after I realized I, I understood the software, I, I sat down at the computer one day and realized I didn't know a Thing about filmmaking I knew not I had no idea where to begin I didn't yeah. know anything about lighting or you know composition or or, or camera angles or um any, any anything I just so um I stopped again and I went for the next year or so and I just really really immersed myself in studying filmmaking um you know any tutorials like or any filmmakers that were talking that were you know worth a darn on on YouTube um sure. watching TV at night or dinner analyzing everything I would watch you know and why what kind of films they were the angles they were using why they cut when they cut how often they cut and so mm-hmm. that's what that three-year period for me from um 2012 2015 was understanding the soft software and then trying to figure out what filmmaking was and that's when I really grew an appreciation for um even what it takes to make a crappy film I guess you know um even a crappy film there's somebody's put a lot of work into it um you know filmmaking is just i have just really grew to appreciate how complex you know uh, that I, it
0: is. yeah i've I've been very very lucky in filmmaking and and you know a lot of people say, oh no, you're good, right blah blah blah, blah. but a lot of it was luck i um, i I came at it from the other end I came at it from script writing because someone asked me to help them write a script for the 48-hour film project. Are you familiar with that contest?
1: Uh, yes, I am. I am.
0: Yeah. So, I'm, you know, I'm in a networking meeting, and they approach me and say, hey, could you help us write the script for uh, the 48-hour? I said, the what? And they, they explained it to me, and I said, sure, I, I can help you write, but I don't know anything about doing a script. I've never done a script in my life. And they said, no, no, we got a script writer. We just need someone who can do good dialogue, you know, make the people sound real and things like that. And that was because they knew that because I had written a, at least my first novel. <coughs> Excuse me. And so the day I've told this before, but it, it, you know, the day that it started that Friday, we went to the headquarters, we pulled our genre, we got all our elements and stuff like that. And then I went back to our headquarters, you know, it was like a, a it, actually with the building right next to what was Sears Tower in Chicago. And there was a big conference room. You know, one of the guys had a company, and we got to use that as a headquarters. So we get there, and we we start getting ready to to, to roll. And the guy who was supposed to be a, a screenwriter was actually an actor. Apparently, he was acting like he was a screenwriter, and I had a nervous breakdown. You know, I had a legitimate forty-five. Minute, no, oh, oh, yeah, you laugh, but I sweated through a, you know a couple shirts. I couldn't talk. I was I was just really I was freaked out because. You know, here's 35 people sitting there looking at me, and if I can't write something, then they can't. We have nothing. And and I was true. I you know I've never been under that much pressure. You know I've never been in the army. I've never been shot at. I've never been caught cheating on somebody. I you know I've never had that kind of stress put on me. And it was it was a nervous breakdown. But I I buckled down, and from like about 8 p.m. till 5 a.m. I figured out how to write a script and um had to, oh had to go to google to figure out what the format was i didn't know you know oh you indent that or yo oh, and then um I, i'm going to cut to the end but believe it or not our team won for best script for 2009 so my very first script i won an international award oh yeah i'm puffy about that oh yeah i tell people that
2: <laughs> yeah i'm i'm
0: an award winning screenwriter uh-huh damn skippy. but but i didn't I, you know, I had to, while I was writing, I was looking at clips of other movies on YouTube to see just what you were doing, you know, to see, well, what constitutes a scene? What, how do you look at the point of view? You know, what, what do people say? You know, because, I mean, that's just as important how they say it and the timing and all of that. And so, you know, after all those hours, I did something and, uh, and I got lucky and we won. And. You know, but it's it's it, you're right. It's such a highly complex process. It's I don't know if it's easier working with real people or easier working with 3D animation because they both present their <laughs> their unique circumstances. Well, I um, Jarvis came to me and asked me to give him a hand writing the script for Earth Squadron, and that's a 3D animated movie, and. I I really had to sit back and look at some three D animated movies and read a little bit of you know, the kind of like the nuts and bolts behind it because I again I had never done that either. So, I mean, it's so cool to find somebody like you who you just set out to learn everything. I mean, you wanted to learn everything. You wanted to learn to be, you know, whoever, uh Cecil B. DeMille, you know. All at one time because you needed you well no you had to learn all the elements I mean when you do a three animate three D animated movie especially the way you were learning it you're learning every element on your own and that's not only laudable but that that's a big bite to chew you know so I, I got nothing but admiration for you and I'm I'm gonna take a look at your your movie you know Rock of Ages when I have time, I don't want to look at it now because then you're going to say something and ask me a question and I'm not going to be paying attention and then I look stupid. You know,
2: I I, I got enough of
0: that going on, you know? But but let me ask you this. As you, it, it sounds to me like as you discovered and even maybe mastered certain elements of the movie making process, it sounds to me like it just made you more and more excited about, doing the deed it, would that be fair to say
1: did you say doing the beat the music
0: doing the deed doing the deed of making a movie oh
1: yes yes you're absolutely right absolutely right and at times I felt crazy because um you know I would have people say well you know you can sing or, you know if I could sing I'd just be so happy that I could sing you know I just you know, basically, right. you know, can't you can't you be happy with one thing? You you compose, you play instruments. <laughs> I I read and I play by ear. You know, I I do do a lot, and but, um, but I, so you know, I didn't didn't get a lot of support in that area. And then you say, you know, 3D films. It's kind of like people don't. At least at that time, didn't kind of know what you're talking about. Like, well, what's that? What are you going to do with that? You know, kind of thing. So, um, I was at a mixture of excitement for the possibilities. And then uh-huh. on the other hand, you know, kind of being very alone, isolated, you know, because people kind of don't get it. And so I would just say, well, they'll get it, you know, they'll get it. They'll get it because I'm going to, I'm going to come as close to mastering this thing as I can in terms of uh, understanding how to, you know, the, 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 softwares and, um, and, uh, and then when I start putting out stuff, you know, the people, they'll get it, you know, uh, referring mm-hmm. to the, People in my close circle, you know, that um, maybe didn't understand oh, it, but yeah. Yeah. And you know, you know, it's weird also when I think about it, it it's very connected because as a singer, uh, you were talking about, you know, the power of music earlier and you were saying, you know, how, how just the power it has to influence people. And that's, it's, it's so amazing, you know, in that way, it, it, it is such a power and it's a responsibility. I find you know, as a musician, as a singer, because you do um, how do you say, it? you do involve people's emotions, you know, with it, but as i as I went into making films, I realized it really was just an extension of that, because when I sing a song, perform a song, let's say it's a three minute song, I'm doing the same kind of thing i'm I'm singing a story, I'm singing words, I'm taking people emotionally. And um, you know, on on a journey, a drama mm-hmm, journey, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. And I'm I'm kind of controlling that in that sense, in that I'm expressing something, and I'm trying to make you feel what I'm feeling. You know, do you feel me? So it, it really seemed like an filmmaking, seemed like a giant elaboration of of, uh, of singing, singing a song, yeah, a, a song performance.
0: Well, it, it, singing can be. You know, I think in its highest form is also uh, just another means of storytelling, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, in just another way, you know, it's just another medium. (laughs) And so I, you know, it, it seems like you're already wired for the process. You know and and then just finding another medium is kind of an excitement and and also it's it's a broadening out i I would hazard to guess that, as you get better with one, you're going to also find improvements in the other because you know the, you know most creativity has some crossover
2: yeah.
0: um one of the things that I did want to ask you was you know. Now that you're doing, you want to do, you know, these, these animations, you want to do movies, you want to, you know, tell those kinds of stories. Where are your stories coming from? And then, you know, what kind of genre are you writing in? Are you, you know, because that's kind of important too. I mean, obviously, you know, BlackScienceFictionSociety.com is big on, you know, science fiction, horror, and fantasy. And, and 3D animation lends itself well to that because in 3D animation you can do things that would normally be very, very expensive in terms of special effects if you use live actors. Um, when when you think about your storytelling, what what are usually the basis... Because I didn't see Rock of Ages, and I apologize. I didn't know. But what, what are the basis for your stories? Where do they come from? Oh,
1: interesting. Interesting. Um... Rock of Ages, um, know, Rock of Ages, even though it's a, a, a short film, it's kind of, um, and it's like a, elongated or, uh, music video in a sense. Um, okay. I, I wrote a song in 2005 when I was in Los Angeles. Um, and, uh, I was just playing around. Honestly, I had been, um, writing a lot of, uh, songs for the church I was attending in Hollywood at the time. And, um, because I was one of the writers of the church, and I was kind of burnt on that. So I just kind of for a second just started just playing around and having fun. And um, and I was feeling really free. So I just started singing this song, and it just kind of flowed out of me. And uh, it's not it's kind of in a classical style, uh, not opera, but classical, at least vocally, uh, and not the style I usually sing in. So um, I thought, well, that was kind of fun. But then I just put it away and um, I put it away for the next 10 years and um, skip to 2015. I've moved to Los Angeles. I mean, I've moved to to Arizona and mm-hmm. I thought, you know what? Well, I know what it was one of my sons, my sons were saying to me that, you know, mom, you're like, your strong suit is when you're really, really free and creative, not when you're doing other people's gigs. You know, I, I mean, I get hired for a lot of stuff. And, you know, when sure. it's the gig, you do what you're hired to do. If it's a studio gig and they want me to sing whatever, you know, country or, or whatever it is, you know, you, you do the gig. Uh, but they say, when you're free and you're just creating and you're not thinking about formats. You're not trying to hit a radio format. And you're not, and you're just free. They said, that's really your, that's your strong point and your n- uniqueness. And uh-huh. uh, my sons are pretty, my sons are pretty blunt with me. And so I got to thinking about all of these songs I've written that never seen the light of day because I thought they were too weird. So, I went back and I pulled out um the song that I wrote rock of ages um also rock of ages is a you know the name of an old Christian song, an old christian hymn and I sure. kind of i didn't want i didn't want it to be confused you know with that because it's not a hymn um at all, and uh, it's not even a christian song uh so to speak in terms of genre um so anyway, I started listening to it, and um, I was like, you know what? I think I'll re-record that, and I'll just see what happens. By then, I was kind of getting proficient, you know, with with iClone, and um, I just had a vision for a, a whole story, a short film around the song. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started animating, you know, this um, uh, film to go with the song. So the song occurs within uh, the context of the film, so it's not done like a typical music video in that sense. Um, now, the inspiration for the song, I believe, and in my film, which in this film, which is horror related, was um, I had um, after my divorce, uh, I became a single parent of three three sons, and um, it was a very difficult, very difficult time. Um, I did not want the divorce. Um, so I was, um, you know, very upset and, and then I had the stress of becoming a single parent at the same time. So, um, the song was a was vocally a release. Um, I, I'm a believer of using your, your creative abilities and to release, you know, uh, in a healthy way, the emotions and, you know, hopefully it helps somebody else too when they hear it, that they can relate to it. You know sure. um but, so anyway yeah i um that that song was a vocal release, and in the horror, the genre that I used, the if you will, you know, the zombies and the creatures that go bump in the night or whatever the noise that go bump in the night that I have in that film, they're more representative of my fears at that time, um as a woman i with with their their my children's father, my husband at the time, having gone. I a a lot of things came at me and and hit me and I financially, uh, emotionally, uh I felt I was very afraid of how I could protect all three of my children, you know, um, if anything were to happen. Uh I had trouble sleeping, you know, I'd wake up in the middle of the night in a sweat about just you know, all kinds of things. <laughs> Jealousy, uh you know, um, it, it, like I said, this is someone breaking in the house. How can I protect all three children? They were all under um, the age of ten at the time um, when that happened. They were nine, seven, and I had a one-year-old at that time.
2: Uh-huh. Wow! So
1: the zo- the zombies, the all those creatures in *Rock of Ages* and um, the way they interact with my the main character, um, who is named um, Drusilla, uh is is more or less me in and in, in my fears uh of what was gonna come out of the dark at me at that time. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that if that makes sense.
2: But, no, it does. Uh, I mean
0: a lot of people use their 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 creative channels, their skills, their their, their you know, their their talents to to vent. To you know almost in a therapeutic way i mean when when I got divorced i wrote I wrote a book, I wrote a novel I had never written a book in my life, never yeah. and then I decided to write a book, and then I wrote a book that was three hundred and thirty words long you know I, yeah, I guess I had something to say but i didn't, I, didn't, I didn't write it i I wrote it because i I needed an outlet so i I mean I swear to God, I understand that. And, and um, you know, even though the book is, it's more like speculative fiction, it's science fiction, but and has absolutely nothing to do with romance, relationships, at least not in my life, but it was therapeutic in undertaking a task that thoroughly involved me in a way that took me away from having to deal with being divorced, you know? and being separated yeah. from my kids and stuff like that. So, I mean, I do understand that. And and sometimes, uh, you know, that is the best therapy, you know, burying yourself, or if not burying yourself, but at least involving yourself in something completely different. And, and you know, there's a whole lot of times where what comes out is pretty extraordinary, you know? So, yeah. you know, when you look yeah. at what you accomplished, I mean, do you see it as, okay, I just, you know, I found this, you know, I, I, I and I don't mean this as a cliche, but, you know, I found a silver lining to what I was going through. I was able to redirect my efforts in a way that not only helped me get through it, but let me learn some things, some new cool things that were interesting, that were engaging, and and really... Um, they've got some long-lasting, you know, they got legs in terms of what I can do for the rest of my life. I mean, that sounds like a cool accommodation,
2: you know, <laughs> to,
0: Indeed. well, it does. You know, yeah. a lot of people wallow in their nonsense or, or they go crazy or, I, you know, I, I can't tell you, and I don't know if it was me, but I can't tell you how many women after they, you know, they had a bad experience or whatever, they decided to find God. And I, it wasn't always with me. But it happened a few times, and I'm wondering, well, what the f- heck is going on with that? So yeah, I you know, to to turn it to something, to turn it to something positive, and also something. I mean, look at this. You're going to probably be making movies for the rest of your life in one way or another. You know, whether you're producing them, whether you're writing them, whether you're mentoring younger people to find their own voices. So this is this is pretty cool. I mean, it's a good story, um, and and. You know, thank you for sharing, but it also yeah. points out that there is no reason for you to ever be completely left in a lurch if if something goes you know sideways in your life. There's a lot of other things you can do. I'm curious about you know you know you you mentioned kind of like the genre aspects of what you were writing you know and and it it seemed would you consider it more like uh kind of like a horror theme?
1: Um, well, for block of ages,
0: yes. Um,
1: I would, yeah. I would say um, it's it's horror, but um, you know, I I do lean towards. <laughs> I guess you know, I like I love sci-fi and I do like horror, but I mean horror with with good storyline,
0: not shock.
2: Yeah, not not blood. cheap
0: uh, chainsaw massacre kind of just chop them up kind of stuff, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um
1: so I do, I do love that. But like my music, um, I get bored if I'm not pushing myself to, 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 do, to do a different type of thing. So like my songs, what I sing, like you would, the way I'm singing in Rock of Ages um, um, is, is very different than what you hear me. My latest video um, that I released um, with is a 3D a group that I made called Peach Street Five, and there are five little monsters female monsters. And they're fashioned after the, um, street corner acapella, um, groups, um, mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, five part harmony. I'm singing all five parts. And, um, the first episode that I released, they're singing, we're, uh, we're doing, um, Aretha Franklin song, say a little prayer. Um,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if
1: you look, you know, if you, when you look at that, that's my most recent, I released it in January. That, looks visually and feels very different than Rock of Ages. Um, so I don't hold myself, I, I go with the inspiration of the project. Like uh, when it comes when it comes to me, you know, I get the information, it, it comes to me, you know, however ideas come to you of um, what genre it should be, what the look should be, and I don't hold myself to anything that I've done previously except for uh-huh. that it needs to be better. <laughs> everything I well, always need to be getting better and improving.
0: I think that that's kind of universal. Um, you know, from my perspective, I want each book that I write, each short story I write, to be better than the previous one. So, I mean, that makes perfect sense to me. Um, uh, let me let me ask you this. You know, when you were growing up, and, and you m- mentioned basically that you were kind of like a military brat, um, what kind of uh, what kind of Things influenced you, you know, cartoons or books or you know what what was in your life because you mentioned music obviously, but I you know I suspect that there were other things going on and there there were other entertainments or other artworks or whatever that were you know that you engaged in. What what kinds of stuff did you did you like? Like I like uh, I like classic TV. I even liked science fiction very early because my dad read it. So of course, you know, we had a house full of it. So I read it. For you, what what kinds of uh, what what would have been the influences in your life? Uh, in terms of activities outside of music, you mean? Yeah, and 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 even you know what television, movies, books, you know that sort oh. of thing where you're picking up, uh, you know, the things that may have later in life, you know, you had an affinity for.
1: Okay. Um uh music okay, so Star Trek, you know, um when I was a little girl, Star Trek was the original Star Trek was, you know, in its first season. Um sure. so I my, I we're strong, strong strong, strong trekky, you know. Always have been. Um th- that's always been a big influence. Um I did like, you know, scary things, uh also. But um honestly, you know, I I, I really love i think i love it all i love i love when things are well done and authentic
2: um mm-hmm.
1: and that's that's really that's really my goal is whatever I'm doing, whether it's a rock song or an r and b you know is is to is to be authentic now um when I was growing up the the first place my memories go back to um it, it, um my dad's second assignment, which was in England. Um, Mm -hmm. we were spaced in, in, um, in, um, in the UK. Uh, so my, we were at, um, well, I guess it doesn't matter which Air Force base we were, but I, um, I started school in, in Great Britain. Um, at, um, at six years old and, uh, my parents did not put me in an American school. We, we did have the option three, there's three air bases by us, but they started me in an English school and, um. I, in recent years, I asked them why that was, and it was because at the time, you could they wanted me in school as young as possible, and um, kindergarten was not compulsory in American schools at the time, so they started me in an English school. So all of my friends were English, um, and I was the only American, uh, pretty much, and the only black person in the schools. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the foods, the way that I ate, even I even developed the accent uh, to fit in, which is why I do actually do use accents in a lot of my films, even Rock of Ages. My characters um, both have accents. Um, well, there's but a hint I'll of it feel, now.
2: You, you still uh, have a hint of it now.
1: I don't mean oh, that. that at right? bad. Yeah, you do. Ah, um, interesting. I love accents, and I love, I love. I just love, you know, just how different people are in the world. And I think sure. that's something that I got from my dad's, you know, my dad's job. Um, but even the field trips and stuff that we would take when I was in England, you know, they would be to local castles. And um, in England, there's, that's where my memories begin. Um, because like I said, I was six. My consistent memories begin then. So I, I, there was a lot of folklore, you know, and fables and history and, um I I feel like that in the English people. I mean, we had English babysitters. Um, Mrs. Montague was one of our first babysitters, and um, and we lived right across the street from a gypsy camp, and so there was just a lot of mystery and you know uh, intrigue. I, I think that influenced me a lot.
2: Uh huh. Wow. So, um,
1: um. That that would have been around the time when. Uh, I, we were living there when Martin Luther King um, was shot. Just to get sure. a frame of mi- frame of mind, so um, or a, a frame. Well, I hope that answers the question, kind of.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. Well, okay, you know, like okay. For me, I uh, I I grew up in in um, in in the U.S. Uh, I grew up in the neighborhood around the University of Chicago, and so of course my experience is. Um, you know i I grew up with black people who don't exist, you know middle class blacks, couple parents, you know, regular teenage problems, uh good grades in school, none of us ended up in jail, blah blah blah, you know, the black folks who do not exist in this country um and and you know I was biracial, which was I can't remember. I was I oh 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 I was a sophomore in high school before I met someone because you know my mother every time I bring a girlfriend home she go can't you bring home one of your own kind you Ooh. know because they'd be either white or they'd be black or you know there, there were there was two that were Japanese but you know and she was mostly joking you know she was just joking with me oh so okay. I, I fixed I fixed her ass I brought home a junior. And she was, you know, she was two years older than me and she was, uh, as they said, she was fast. And my mother didn't like that either. And I said, would you please make up your mind what it is you want? But, but you know, the, the thing is, is that for me, it, I had television. My dad, the first movie my dad took me to was Boyd's to the Bottom of the Sea. Mm. Um, So, you know, submarine movie, you know, sci-fi movie. And then I watched, I grew up on the Twilight Zone. Uh, oh, yeah.
2: I would watch Love The Twilight Outer Zone.
0: Limits. I would oh, watch yeah. The Outer Limits with my blanket underneath the liquor cart. I would be under <laughs> the cart so that the monsters couldn't get my ass while I was watching TV. <laughs> and, so, and, and so, and then my dad had all of this science fiction, you know, the classic science fiction from the golden age. And so those are like my influences. And I don't think I could have written anything other than, you know, a, a, specfic, a speculative fiction book as my first effort at fiction, and and it took years and years, and, you know, I started writing in 2001, well, by that time, I was like 84, 85 years old or whatever, and so the thing is, is that, you know, when, when I look back at what influenced me, and then I've asked people, you know, almost everybody who I've interviewed, I've asked them, what what kind of influences they had. And a lot of people grew up with um, Saturday morning cartoons, you know, where they had,
2: uh, yes, yes, me too. Astro
0: boy, where they had anime, where they had all kinds of stuff like that. And, and that, that kind of led them to, you know, especially the artists and the comic book artists and stuff like that. They would copy the cartoons. They would copy other comic books and things like that. And then you know, they would just keep going and going and going. And that was how they started out with their, you know, the beginnings of their creativity, of of them expressing their own, you know, particular creativity because it started out copying first until they got their own style or until they started telling their own stories. What's really cool about you is you you came at it from music which and and you're the first person who I've interviewed who has come at filmmaking from from a musical background, which it to me is it's it's so cool because it's fascinating and it's something that I've never run into before so you know obviously everybody's life is different i mean i i've I've not met any two people who had you know that similar experiences except some twins and um so, you know, it's fascinating. And I think your story is unusual enough that people are going to find it interesting because, you know, here you are a full-fledged talent in terms of musical endeavor, and then all of a sudden you go, hey, 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 what's this over here? Oh, movies, huh? And and so, you know, it's. I, I find it fascinating. I mean, just between you and me, I find it fascinating. Um, oh. So that's why I was curious what your influences were, because you know it it wasn't so obvious what what made you want to do the movies. And then and then on top of everything else, unless you want to say, oh, Michael Jackson influenced me, you want to start doing movies with horror elements, you know. And of course, <laughs> I still maintain that the greatest uh, music video that has ever been produced mostly yes. because it was the first one was Thriller I, there's, there's nothing else out there that comes close to it it's still the most popular music video in the world
2: um, yeah. and,
0: and and you look at that and you go okay I could see her kind of sort of you know especially if Michael Jackson was an influence and, and, and just you know things you know you, you just add Things. It's preponderance of things. It's like elements of this, that and the other thing. You add them all together. And yeah, you know, sitting on the sideline interviewing you, I'm going, well, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, that... sure, of course she did. But <laughs> no, no, that's not it. That's not it at all. You're, like I said, you're the first person who has ever come at filmmaking from a musical background and And so, I find that fascinating, and that's you know kind of why I persist in asking you questions about what your early influences were, because you know I really want people to understand how how you went from A to B with you know obviously stuff in the middle now let's let's kind of look ahead. you're starting to really get your talents together in terms of filmmaking because it's something obviously that you love and something that you are enjoying learning about um you know, where do you see yourself a few years down the road? I mean, you're you're going to become more proficient at doing movies. All right, do you think you're going to stick with uh, 3D animation? Do you think you may decide to brave, you know, diligent actors and production assistants who don't know what the hell they're talking about and lie their ass <laughs> off to get a job with you? And maybe possibly writers who who say, oh, no, 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 I know how to write for for people, not just 3D, and, and you go, what? what is this? You know, the, the, this is not possible. I mean, it's it's a whole different thing when you have to deal with a whole bunch of people. Right now, you only have to put up with you, and I'm guessing you pretty much know what your employables are. But, I mean, a few years down the road, where do you, I mean, how do you see yourself branching out? Are you going to do, just do more and better, or are you going to do more and different and better?
2: the latter I would
1: say, more and different and better and um I could see um you know doing live action. Um I mean I had no clue when I started this. But I, I would have not known to do what what to do. If you you know put a bunch of people in front of me, actors or whatever I wouldn't have had a clue. And um I do feel like I have more of a clue now um because of what I've been doing. Uh where I could maybe, you know, pull it together. And, and certainly at some point in the future, I, I feel like I'll be more capable of, of um, handling that, you know, doing the live. So I'm I'm definitely not, uh, I'm not opposed to doing live. You know, actually animation was like, um, uh, it was like music for me in the sense that I, I never really wanted to growing up. I never wanted to know how to orchestrate a string section, you know, or, okay. or a brass section or percussion, um, but I didn't have the money to, to have the, the local orchestra come and, and just hang out and wait for me to come up with an idea. <laughs>
0: you know, Sitting around, playing with their instruments, <laughs> polishing them up, smoking, I, I mean, drinking, oh my, hanging out. Yeah. What What is up with this what, woman? Why are we just sitting here? Shut up. We're getting paid. Oh, you know?
1: my God. The pressure. Can you... Oh, my God. Yeah. I, there, I couldn't even... You know, so right. it just wasn't, it wasn't feasible. So I taught myself how to orchestrate strings and how to do all those things. And sure. um, it's, the, it's the same. It, so those were it was a tool, it, pl- learning how to play and, and using the samples or using the actual acoustic instruments to play or electrical. It's all a tool. Same thing with the, with the 3D. It's not that I really wanted to do animation, although now that I've been doing it for six years, five years, and studying it, I, I do really love it you know, and, and I really appreciate the look and the form of 3D and people that do it well. Um, but I never was trying to be an animator. Yeah.
2: It, it
1: is. I, I just wanted to, to tell stories and uh, my stories, the, the with you know, the way I wanted to tell them. And 3D animation was merely an avenue that allowed me to do that. Um, and so I think that's why also when I do 3D, um, my stuff tends to look different. Then And then some of the – most, I guess, of, of the other stuff that's made using the same kind of software. Because for uh-huh. one thing, I, I'm, I'm not interested in having a 3D film. I'm interested in having a film, and 3D is a medium that I use to tell it. So that's a different mindset. Um I don't treat it like animation. I treat it like I'm watching a regular film or a regular music video if I'm doing a, a music video. Um Okay. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's not that I'm a, you know, I'm not, I'm not as much about animation, although I am more than I used to be. I'm about the story and the animation gave me the way to be able to tell that story. So for that, I'm
0: very grateful, you know. um, Well, I mean, you know, 3D animation was also accessible to you. You know, you can't just Decide to get. Oh, let me just get. Uh, let me get some actors and a production team together, and, and 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 let me just experiment with these thirty-five people. That's almost like, like <laughs> doing the, uh, <laughs> you know, having the orchestra sit around. Um right, do, you exactly. you, do you mind if I tell you a quick story? I, no. I I used to play I used to play drums, and there there was a a blue note jazz artist recording at blue note studios here in Chicago. They needed. They they needed to – they did a short song, you know, about four and a half minutes, five minutes, whatever, and they needed a a jazz group to come in to do drums, guitar, um, and, you know, to fill in. But they had a whole orchestra there. Okay, so my jazz uh, instructor, the the music teacher at Kenwood High School – they knew him. The Blue Note people knew him and said, "Hey, we need you know, uh, we need somebody. We need somebody to fill in and do this. It's real simple, you know. It, it's not a hard musical read. Blah 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 blah. Okay, so he sent me and uh, you know he sent our our our, uh, our trio down there. We get down there and you know there's a whole orchestra sitting there and you know they've done most of
2: the album, and none of us read music." Oh, and we had to go through it
0: like four or five times just to listen, so we could pick up everything. I mean, it was easy for me. Oh you know, it was my goodness, four four beat for me, you know. And I I I I did okay, but we cost them so much money overtime with that orchestra that our 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 names would never ever show up on any Blue album <laughs> oh, cover
2: <laughs> for the amount
0: of money we cost them in overtime while they had to go through this arrangement
2: oh, my goodness. several wow. times,
0: and I'm telling, you know, I got home, my dad said, how was it, and I just said, dad, <laughs> don't ask, don't ask, I'm thinking about selling, my, selling my drums, um, but I mean, we got paid, but we didn't get any album credit, and I, you know, I don't I don't even know. This was like 1972. I don't know how much a uh, scale musician was getting, but there was probably, I think there was like 22, 24 people in the orchestra that were there, oh. violin, oh. and and we didn't know how to read music. And nobody cursed. That was good, that but is. you could that. You could see you could see they wanted to. So I could see you going, you know, I think I'm gonna try this live action thing, but I'm not sure what I wanna do. Let me get a production team together and have them hang out. I, yeah. <laughs> girl, I don't
2: see that happening. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't and you see don't that
0: happening. You know? I don't I don't I
1: don't do things like that. And that's that's exactly why I was making that correlation between, you know, the orchestra that I learned and and um and, and the three D because I know better, you know. I've been in too many situations and seen too many, too many things like that. You know, horrible things go down, and sometimes, you know, it's, it's included me. And I, I, I know better than than to do that. And I've organized but things you, of a lot smaller scale.
0: You yeah, know, but you're that, doing it uh, right. You're doing it right already, because what you you told me that you're learning, you know, you're 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 learning staging. You're learning. Um, you know, uh, point of view, you're learning um, movement, you're, you're learning, you know, the background, you know, props, all of that sort of stuff. It's like you're learning all the elements and you're doing it in a way that is cost effective for you. So by the time you get to, you know, maybe, uh, what city you're in? I, I'm sorry, I, I apologize for having forgotten. Uh, no, I actually didn't say. I'm in Tucson. I just said Arizona. Yes. Okay, so Tucson, there's a good chance that you probably have some some film networking groups in Tucson, and, you know, who knows? I don't know if the 48-hour film project comes to Tucson or not, but, I mean, there's there's obviously opportunity. You could probably travel back to L.A. for a little while, you know, for a weekend, for, you know, even for the 48-hour, if you want to go through that craziness, but all of the things that you're doing are are things that a lot of people don't do because what you're doing is you're almost simulating a, a movie curriculum, a movie-making curriculum, to learn the elements of style, the ele- you know, how how to convey things visually rather than, you know, doing the show not tell and all of those things. So it, 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 it sounds oh, to me like that's when that's... you talked about the latter thing, when you said, well, I want to do, you know, bigger, um, different, different, and better. You know, and, yeah, and so yeah. the, to learn the elements, a lot of people are not disciplined enough to do that. A lot of people will sit around and say, oh, yeah, I can make a movie because, you know, I've watched a million movies. I know exactly what's <laughs> supposed to be in a movie. And, and they turn out, like you said at the beginning of the interview, you know, they may have put a lot of time and effort into it, but it didn't turn out very well. Um, yeah. so, but but to learn the elements, I mean, that's that's pretty disciplined. And you've already got discipline. You've got music discipline. You've got where you are now you you know you've done things professionally in a way where you have to organize your time, you have to produce, you take care of your instrument, you know, you you went to a vocal coach who obviously has given you a lifetime career rather than you know you going alone and having something go horribly wrong with your voice. So, yeah. you know, all the elements of getting it done are there and you know, I, I don't know, you know, I've got I've got two feature movies that I want to do. One is a, a comedic bank heist movie, and the other one is an urban adaptation of Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol, you know. And so, um, I eventually, I, I'm trying to get an agent, you know, I can only do so many things at one time. I'm trying to get an agent for my books right now but i have to do that comedic bank heist movie because everybody in chicago wants me to do it we did a production trailer it's been shown in in theaters before other movie premieres and stuff like that so people want to do it um and and i'm learning piece by piece you know i first i learned how to write you know yeah i was having a nervous breakdown at the time but you know i i i'm doing things bit by bit the way you are because i don't think there's any better way to learn you know, other than going to school. If you go to school, obviously there's an expectation that you're going to learn. But if you don't go to school and you have to learn on your own, then you have to be disciplined enough to actually, to, you know, to learn the craft. So, you know, I don't, I don't yeah. know if you'd be into it, but you know, I'm, I'm going to keep track of your information. If we get to the point where I've got the funding and I'm, I'm looking for, it's a lot of money for a startup film. You know, it's a couple million dollars. But if I get the money to do that film, I'll let you know. And if you want to come up here, and and do some production work or whatever, and and see, hurry up and wait at its finest. <laughs> you're,
2: you're, you're
0: welcome to drag your butt up here and and watch us put this movie together. Um, oh wow! Because that would be doing awesome. do, doing lot you know live action stuff is different. And I'll, I'll tell you, there are times, there, there's one guy, he's in a couple movies. If you go to my YouTube channel, you'll see, well, I'm not going to name his name. But there's a guy in one of, uh, a couple of the movies that I've done, that I've produced. And I'll never work with him again. I, I, Honest to God, I wanted to shoot him. And, you know, Chicago has hundreds of thousands of sewers. So you could cut up somebody and put a piece here, a piece there, and nobody's ever going to fight. That's really what I wanted to do to this guy, because he was one slow-talking dude and And you know we had you know we had the forty eight hour and he he's he's talking slow like we got time
2: so Ooh. if you
0: wanna if you wanna watch exactly how frustrating and sometimes how really rewarding it is, I'd be happy to invite you but you it so, it sounds to me very much like you're already doing the necessaries to get the elements down and and you know i do you have um any somebody asked a little while ago. Uh, I don't know if this is the same link. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Find out. Um, do you have any? No. Do you have any any, any examples of your animated work?
2: Um, yeah, you, my animated my films, you mean? Yes.
1: Uh, besides Rock of Ages, um, yes. Yes, I I do. Um, Matter of fact, um, the second film that I made is uh, kind of how uh, Jarvis and I um, started connecting directly, um, because I don't know how, but he found my film, my second film, which is called Cognitive Dis. Uh, my second animated film, and um,
0: okay, Jar- Jarvis heard that he'll probably pop the link in the chat room. Um, people okay. people pick this up as a podcast. You're just gonna have to go look for it because because uh, I'm not gonna say all in letters after a YouTube. You know, <laughs> well, my
1: but, my but channel yeah. on my channel on Go YouTube is, is Peaches Cranko on YouTube. So you type in Peaches Cranko, and the last name is C H R E N K O. Um, all my films are on my, you know, on my YouTube. But I I have four films. The first was Rock of Ages. The second was Cognitive Dis, which is short for Cognitive Dissonance. Um sure. And my my third film um, was called Haley, which was um, a horror Halloween. Um, short film that I put together and um, and then my most recent was my the group P street 5 that I released in January um, which is a musical uh, I mean a, a music video um, okay little film so in all of my films I score even if it's not a music video if it's a film I score the orchestration um, for for all of my my films
2: okay yeah that's
0: great. Yeah, um, there people are obviously finding your stuff already um, in the chat room. So that's 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 pretty cool. Uh, so if if you had to guess, you know where you're going to be, you know, let's let's talk five years down the road. You know, what what kind of project, if you were in the middle of a project or two, what kind of projects do you think you would be immersed in at that time?
1: Hmm. Five years down the road, goodness. You know, yeah. Well, think,
0: you know, just project ahead with what you're learning now, and and maybe where that may be taking you. And that's the than challenge.
1: Later. That's the challenge I'm finding because things are changing so quickly for me right now. It just sounds uh-huh. like like Starship Enterprise to think five years because I don't even know I've changed so much in the last month. Um, i've changed my my expanded my direction even since i released my um Peach street five episode in january um uh-huh. uh, i've just expanded um you, you know what? i, I want to just say something about something you said earlier um you made a comment about um something about the creativity of of, of the um of oh, and storytelling of song of 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 of, of, of making films mm-hmm. affect. Affecting the freeness of of, of the music. You, you remember you made a statement like that, yes. like um, yes. yeah. And I had wanted to when you said that at the time, I wanted to say that was that was so amazingly insightful um, because that is what I'm experiencing right now, and I didn't see that coming. But this just the music that I'm writing, even right now, the things that I've been little things I've been releasing on Facebook and. And and the songs that I'm writing, I'm getting ready. I'm working on a music video right now that's not 3D. Um, It's just, it's actually me. I filmed myself singing and um, I'm editing it right now. I just, I finished the recording in the studio of it. But it's so creative. Everything is like, I feel so free. And um, I I just thought it was interesting that you just kind of nailed that, that you just kind of saw that correlation.
2: Well, Um, I have my moments. (laughs) Accidental as they are, yeah. But but
0: no, I mean but the thing about creativity is, first of all, you can't model it, you can't teach it, you can, you can barely quantify it, because you know a truly creative person they have a hard time seemingly having they have a hard time conveying to other people what is what is the font of their creativity okay um Mm -hmm. and and i can i can even use me as an example because i don't know people say where did you get the idea for writing about black folks who get to the moon before nasa does in secret and i i can't i can't i can't give an answer i honestly can't and so i fall back on you know maybe my, my stand-up days, and I go, well, you know, it's probably the cocaine use during the 70s and the early 80s that really fostered my creativity. And, you know, there okay, there's a A side and a B side to that. The A side is, you know, well you know, you're talking out your ass and you should really be more serious with people. But the B side is, what if it was? You know, because I can't quantify my my creativity i don't i you know when you're writing a song as you're sitting there and you're composing can you sit there and can you identify the source of exactly where that all's coming from i mean if you can that's like the coolest thing in the world to me because i can't do it um tell me i mean do you know where that's coming from. Obviously you have a background in this, you have a background in that. You were singing in church. You did this, you did this, you did this, you did this. Those are all elements of your creativity. But what's what's the source? I don't know if people can readily identify what the source is. Can you?
2: Well I have my 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 ideas, you know, um right. It it is always felt bigger than myself. Of which, some
1: but I'm a part of it at the same time. Um, the okay. word I would use, I would say, it feels like it comes from a deeper part of myself, or I would say God is what I've always um, believed that creativity, you know, um, creativity comes from the Creator is how I, and I don't mean that, and I and I don't believe it to be in a religious way at all. Um, to me, this is. It's more about a, a spiritual connection, um, and I realize those words are used interchangeably, but I don't use them interchangeably. Um, okay. It feels, it, ever since I was little
2: and wrote my first thing, it just felt, um, it just felt like it was coming from somewhere, yeah, somewhere. So yeah, that's it's coming from somewhere. Thing.
0: Yeah, it, you just answered my question. You don't know where the hell it came from. <laughs> You, well, well, and I, I say that only, that, that's only 10% funny, but it's 90% true. I, you know, I, if somebody asks me, where do you get your stories from? I can't tell them. I can't, yeah. you know, I can't tell people, you know, how yeah. did you get that idea? Where did that idea come from? Well, oh, well, this part I knew about science. That's easy. Okay, that's science. Oh, this part I know about the psychology of men and women and, and what makes a relationship work. Okay, that, yeah, that I know, but where did I come from you know where did that wild ass story art come from i i can't I can't always identify that, yeah, you know so and and so you know that's why it it, 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 it in all honesty, it's fascinating that you come you come at you know <laughs> horror movies for music, and so the first thing anybody's going to think is, oh, thriller, you know they're going to think that. <laughs> But but we we both know it's more than that. So it's just kind of cool. It's just very cool. And then when I ask you where you think – oh, go ahead. No, no, that's that's all right. And and then when I ask you where you think you're going to be five years from now, well, your honest answer is you have no freaking idea. (laughs) Do you? I mean, because from month to month, you're finding new cool things to do. Am I right? That's exactly right. That's okay, so right. that that's explosive creativity that ha- that is un, uh, un un unrained, un unchecked un unra- uh, uh, unbridled un uh. unri- yeah unbridled creativity. <laughs> and, well, no, because because it is, and what it is is, it's born of two things. It's born of desire. It's born of confidence in learning how to do do new things, and and it's born of just some wild ass x element that brings something strange into your head that you decide, ooh, that's a good idea." You know, yeah. uh, there are some there are some good ideas that are that are obvious. Okay, Reese's peanut butter cups, that was obvious. Okay, you could talk about the accident of dropping somebody's chocolate in the peanut butter, but no, that was obvious. That was going to happen. <laughs> but when you talk about I don't know, when you talk about the the aliens in arrival you know that that make that make a language out of circles you know so oh, that kind yes. of creativity you know oh, yes. that sort of thing that that's a level of creativity that I don't think we can quantify, so that's cool that that's was cool now see I love that movie that was awesome that the i love that that whole that whole thing but um it didn't yeah, pan- it I didn't just- pander it didn't pander, and that was one of the coolest things about it, you know. Yeah, yeah there were memes in it, but it didn't tander to the typical sci-fi meme of you know either the good alien the bad alien this that or the other thing it it actually i i was i was gratified to see that movie you know because it was something that was it was constructed in a new way um how, what do yeah. you more, i mean you, you mentioned star trek uh do you have an affinity for sci-fi do you think or not or are you I really do you really like the uh, horror thing? I, I I do
1: but but as I say I really really you know I I just don't like to be limited so I mean I I never know what's going to come out you know next but yes my I do love love sci-fi and I do love horror and horror and my, I I hear that I tend to be on the darker side of uh of things but I I, I love it all um mm-hmm. I, I really do um But the sci-fi thing you're talking about, Star Trek, speaking of Star Trek and and Arrival, um, I I really miss um, and would like to see, therefore I've decided to do it myself, is more sci-fi, alien stuff that's not all um, battle-oriented. I like the creativity, um, like for instance, um, in, in Arrival, what they did with time the way they spoke Mm -hmm, about time, mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to, no plot spoilers or anything, but just to say, you know, the, uh, the way they explored time, linear time, um, it was a different
2: approach. It was a completely completely different different
0: approach. Yeah.
1: And I liked the way they, um, um, Oh, oh, the way they made us think about communication, the way, the, the way they made us think about communication. That was so, I thought that was, it was so awesome. And, That's the kind of sci-fi I I tend to be more interested in, in in doing. Um, As a matter of fact, I didn't even think my my second film, Cognitive, I never thought of it as sci-fi until Jarvis approached me. Um, Mm -hmm. I I, for some reason I didn't even think of it that way. Um, I I get it now, but uh, I just kind of do what I what I do, and I you know I don't really think about the genre. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I do in terms of authenticity, but I don't really. Care which genre I'm doing. I care about what I'm led to do, what I'm inspired to do.
0: Um, well, isn't that isn't that kind of like the un, unbridled part of your creativity? <laughs> if we're going to be honest, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it is, it is, and I, I yeah, it, it absolutely is. Um, and then you mentioned we were talking about spirituality. I know it seems maybe kind of a contradictory for me to say in a way. I feel like that creativity creativity comes from God. And at the same mm-hmm. time, I do horror. Um, my third film, Haley, uh, uh, mentioned as a um, Halloween horror, and um, I've, I guess I've gotten this in my in in from certain um, people that are close to me, where they were worried, especially when I did uh, *Rock of Ages*. You know that I was going to the dark side. You know.
2: And. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and and that's because when I do something I do immerse myself in. If I'm doing a country song, I'm going to do something authentically country. You know, I'm not going to want to sound like a, a half-assed uh, you know, R&B or rock and roll singer trying to do country. I just that's just I'm, I I want to be authentic with what I'm doing. Um, mm-hmm. so I I don't really see a a conflict, you know, with with uh, you know, doing you know, horror or you know, or, and, and well, believing in it's like, you know, a, it
0: sounds very, very much like whatever, whatever trips you trigger, whatever interests you at the time. There's a genuine interest, and then born of that genuine interest is the desire to not only do it, but you know, to do it well, to immerse yourself in it, to, to, to like you said, not do a half-ass job of it. Um, uh, there, there's nothing bad you can say about that, really. I mean that's that's all good. Well, don't laugh. I mean it's true. There's a lot of people out there. Look, you how many how many musicians did you work with who thought they were musicians and they were hacks? Oh gosh. Yeah, oh,
1: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um,
0: yeah. And 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 there are some movies that that are huge. You know that they put a. a a lot of money in and you know the director wrote the script because he wanted to do it exactly in his vision and things like that and and as a writer i sit back and go man you are not a very good writer and people go yeah but it 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 was a great movie and it made a lot of money and i go yeah but you know if that's your only criteria okay yeah (laughs) it was a roaring success but you know six minutes into it he jumped shark you know this is bs here and you know Uh, Oh, oh, like Avatar. Avatar was just dances with wolves in outer space.
1: Yeah, right.
0: You know, and thank God, thank God the white man, especially the crippled white man was there to save the entire planet and civilization.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's another thing I'd like to add some balance to with my work.
0: Oh man. And, And let me ask you that because that we, we haven't touched on that at all. Um, it, from from a racial perspective, um, you know, it, it, how much of that element is important to let's Let's just talk about your filmmaking because you know, you, if you do if you do songs on spec, you do what they pay you for, and like you said, you do immerse yourself. You want to be very professional in what you do, but let's talk about your filmmaking. Um, wh- what role does race play? In you as a filmmaker at this point, and and do you see that changing or or just deepening? If you know what I mean, you know, just becoming more apparent or more of, um, yeah, well, yeah, well, you, I think the,
2: you you know what I'm asking, don't you?
1: Yeah, I I believe I do, and um, it's a how did I say that um. There's, there's some stuff that I haven't released that i'm I'm going to be the the finer stuff that I want to release um, uh, for instance there's a series called the edge there's the first thing I ever put up was a, a trailer um, you know for a, a film that I was creating called the Edge. I stopped working on that when I realized I didn't have the skill set in any capacity to really do a, a full film so okay. um, everything everything i've done I'd say in the past five years has been me. Working up to doing, like a a feature film or or a, or a feature, yeah. large series. Yes.
2: Um, okay.
1: One of one of those, is, which is kind of close to my heart, is um, I may change the name of this at some point, but for now I've called it the Edge, and it's a sci-fi, and um, it is all um, I would say all all black characters. My my heroine um, that who is in denial that she's a heroine um, is. Is black and it's set in ancient, uh, like in a galaxy far, far away, long, long time ago, like the seed seeds of the Egyptians, like the you know um, uh, ancestors of ancient Egyptians. Um, sure. I, I, it's, okay. It's, it's big, so that that's one. Of, that's kind of a baby that's close to my heart. I haven't. I'm. I'm. I think I'm getting to the point where I'm getting. I'm ready to actually do that. That film um race um you know it really i, I want to add some balance to what i see out there there's people with heroes in all different in all colors not just one color um right. i i don't enjoy always seeing us in um i'd say supporting roles i'd like to see more balance mm-hmm. with that mm-hmm. and i think it's it's healthy for all of society to see that um not just not just not just us or people of color, but everybody needs to see everybody doing everything it's not good for society to, to feel to, to see things unbalanced
0: well what what so, you're talking about is you're, you're, what you're merely stating is you you want to see reality
2: <laughs> yes
0: am i right exactly,
2: yes, you, you, know, exactly you, right. you don't
0: even have you don't even have to talk about oh, we need balance. Well, yeah, yeah, you're right. I almost said that you're word, right. but but okay. I wrote my I wrote my first book as a protest. Okay, I grew up middle class. You know, I can't even say I was a you know a young I <laughs> raised a, a young biracial boy in the ghetto because that's not true. I you know I was I was thoroughly middle class. You know, my dad had a job, my mom stayed home, but in in America's lexicon, you know, the whole time I grew up. God, people like me didn't exist you know there there were no such things as people like me there were there was there was oprahs, there was Michael Jordans, there was rappers, there was this you know there's a whole litany of classes of black folks but but there were no and and I'm doing the air quotes thing around the word normal normal regular everyday black folks like I grew up with. You know, brilliant people. I lived in a neighborhood that had the highest per capita number of Nobel Prize winners of any place in the entire world. Okay. So, yes, I was very lucky. Went to a great school. Did this, did that. Um, uh, and then with my dumb ass self, and with all of that advantages and stuff like that, I decided to join a gang. So I wasn't the smartest uh, knife in the light bulb jar or whatever you want to say. but But I was tired of the same narratives, the urban narrative about, you know, the pimp, the the drug pusher, the this, the that, you know. Um, and, you know, someone put in there that Cosby did change that. But, yeah, Cosby had a lot of pushback. I keep saying this. You know, nobody believed that a, a, a black lawyer would marry a black doctor and then have teenage kids with white problems um, because, yeah. oh, that was unheard of. And yet that was the life I lived. You know, the the, the kids on my block, we had you know, a guy from England. We had Asians. We had uh, blacks. We had whites. We had a couple of twins. We had, you know, it, just on one block in that neighborhood in Chicago. And so when I started writing, I was writing about, you know, the characters I wrote about. And yes, it started out in my neighborhood. The characters I wrote about were were people of color I grew up with, people of color who actually existed. And it it, it was a protest right when it started out. And And so I see what you're saying about, you know, wanting to see more balance, but it's not balance. I I think you just are, are like me, are yearning for the reality that exists. I mean, for, for whites to want to whitewash the history books so that slavery was an option, for
2: blacks yeah, coming from right.
0: Africa, oh yeah, you know they had it pretty good. You know they have square, two squares a day, and you know they're out working and getting an aerobic workout in the sun and this. Oh my God! And you know they they really they really want to push that narrative, and yeah. and I, I I can't have that. You know I you know I I really get tired of every day getting up, dreading coming to, into my dining room, which is my office, sitting down in the computer and saying, oh. Who got killed today for no reason?
2: Mm.
0: You know what kid got killed today for no reason? Oh, here, let me. This this okay? Here's here's my latest lost my mf and mind thing. There's this cat who was shot through the garage door in Florida, and they just concluded the trial, and the, the the jury, and it had to be an all white jury, awarded the family. $4, $4, that was their award in in the, that the jury awarded them. And then out of all of that $4, after costs and this and that and what they paid for, you know, it really, they only got $0.04. Cents. Now, not only is that insulting, but, you know, I, I don't know what to say. I
2: honestly oh, don't
0: know what to say i i am the evil that men do and then and then you got this 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 you know albino porch monkey in the white house who who has given the worst elements of our country the worst elements of our society free reign you know to to let their 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 evil flow, and, you know, and and the only way I can fight back is to write. You know, I could start shooting folks, but eventually they're going to catch up with me. You know, at first nobody's yeah. going to think that a Japanese, you know, uh, a lesbian trapped in a man's body is out there popping people, you know, busting a cap in, in white folks and killing them all the time. But you know, you can't do that. That's not how you solve problems. But then the other thing is, you know, next year, next year marks the 400th anniversary of the first murder of a black person by a white man in authority in the history of this continent. No, I did not know that. 2019. It was 1619 when the first black folks got here. And not all of them made it. Some of them jumped off the boat. Some of them died on the boat. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's change the subject because I just get too angry. I, you know, yeah. hear
2: some things. <laughs> well, I, I apologize, I,
0: but, but, um, you know, um, no, I, I understand exactly what you're saying about how you want your work to be representative of the country and the culture you actually live in, not the pretend one, you know, not the Star Trek one where the, the black guy in the red shirt died in the first six minutes of the show.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, I was watching a scene, I think it was, um, um, uh, what's the, uh, uh, Luke Cage. And, um, I had a moment, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want us to be made to look any better than we are or any worse. Like you said, just real. And we have mm-hmm. the gamut, we have the gamut in our community and that's what we don't see. And so there was a scene, um, in Luke Cage and there was, um, Three black women in in an elevator, and it was like a lawyer, a doctor, and something. And one was a drug addict, and you know, it felt kind of emotional for me because I realized, I mean, it seems weird, but I felt like that was more realistic than what what I see. It's it's it's, and I I just want, like you said, it to be it, it to be representative of of reality,
2: mm-hmm, and I was mm-hmm. so thankful
1: thankful for to that to that show just in that scene where it showed the gamut you know that yeah we've got you know shitty families we've got you know pe- bad parents in our community we've got great parents we have longevity of marriages in our community but well, we're, we're not a monolith
2: we're,
1: we're right right so i think you know, you know the, that's what's really exciting about the art to me is that's the most exciting thing everything else can feel very powerless but the right. art that you can control and you can you can put it out there. And when you when you're talking with people, it's easy for people to shut you down. Just like a lot of things I've been hired for have been like conferences where, you know, there people are in lectures all day long and they'll hire me to come in as the as a musician, and sing something inspirational. Um, because music gets past people's defenses. When you start talking, they can shut you down. But music sneak tends to sneak in. And yeah.
2: um yeah art art
1: does that, and I've noticed even things that I've talked to people about in person um maybe they've heard me or not heard me, but when I place that same concept and nestled it within my film, the response is very different
2: mhm so
1: mm-hmm. um in the same way that the press has used um media negatively or Hollywood has used um uh in, um movies to express some sentiments I don't agree with or that are negative that I still have been detrimental. It's exciting for sure. me to sure. know that I can use those same tools, you know, for something uh that I believe is good, you know, that I think yeah. will help society. So that's an extremely empowering point that I live by and that I I have raised my children that way to um mm-hmm. to see how powerful that they are. And I also I... raised them to understand that we're 12% you know, of, of this society, and yet this 12% of society has and has continued to affect the globe. Um, in so many ways, we are really, really, really powerful, and we underestimate at times how powerful that we is, are.
0: That is true. That is true. Um, oh, man, I had something I was going to ask you, and it just blew out of my head. Uh, I hate, I hate when that happens. <laughs> well, you know, wait till you're my age. You know, in white people, you're I'm
2: 189, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm so. sure I'm older than you.
0: Oh, no. No, you're, you're oh, really yeah, not. I,
1: I was, was going to post, I did a film. Um, I um, was asked to, to score for this live action film. Um, it's yep. not my film. And it's a short film. And I was going to post that in the chat. Um, it's just all orchestrations. Um, for it's like, I don't know how long the film. is. Oh,
0: please do. Yeah, put the link in there so that people can see that. That would be great. Okay. Um, I'll, and um, you know, uh, it's it, it'll come back. It'll come back. Yeah. Uh, one of the, one of the things that I really
2: like is that um, the the success that diversity is enjoying in arts
0: and entertainment um, is is undeniable. And it's fun for me to sit back and watch how business handles that. Like, you know, you, you mentioned Luke Cage. Well, Luke Cage broke the Internet. Yes, you know, I, if, that was so if, exciting. Luke, Luke Cage broke Netflix.
2: Netflix, you know? I
0: know. <laughs> That was that, and that was so funny because see, they can't say, oh, that was just that was just thirty two million black folks who were downloading that. Oh no no no, that was yes, a worldwide no. phenomenon. And and Luke Cage obviously, you know, that's a comic book um, character, and and there was there was obviously there was a lot of interest in it. But you have that, you have the success of the Black Panther film, and you have the success of Wonder Woman. You know, yeah. people people are kind of tired of, you know, Tony Stark coming and saving the day or the white guy saving, you know, the natives. Or, you know, people want to see, wanna see better, I think. I don't want to yeah. say different. I think they just want to see better. And I think I tapped into what it was, excuse me, about Black Panther that that really resonated with so many people. No, I haven't seen Sorry, it yet, my... so no plot. No plot. No, no, no. Spoilers. I'm not. I'm not going to give you a spoiler. I'm just going to say that there was a
2: nobility
0: of the characters that you don't often see ever. Okay, and and the nobility oh. in both the the protagonists, the antagonists, and and to to see that. that I think that's what resonated with so many viewers. I think that's oh, what resonated wow. with so many people because you know, yes, we've had uh we've had uh, Thor, we've had Iron Man, we've had we've even had uh, Hawkeye. We've had you know, all kinds of superheroes. But we we haven't taken a civilization, which is what Wakanda is, you know, a a a society. And Wrapped it in the kind of nobility that they managed to portray in the movie, and have it carried through the entire movie, in, including you know through the climax of the movie, and and maintain that aura of nobility that you so seldom see in any any movie whatsoever. You know, yes, you have winners, losers. You know, yes, you have car explosions. Yes, you have uh, aliens eating people. You know, you have all of that. But see, nobility and honesty resonate with people in a way that 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 uh, Madison Avenue can't just co-opt. So that's that's one of the reasons. That's the reason why I think that Black Panther had the level of success that it did, and and it was a well-done movie. I don't want to say anything about uh, take anything away from that, but I think that uh, I think that what was pulled off was extraordinary. Same thing with Wonder Woman, you know. Obviously, we hadn't seen a woman superhero like that. You know, the TV show was the TV show.
2: Yeah, right, right. But,
0: but, but to have a character, you kind of see her as a kid. What what made her the way she is? You know, her nobility, what was she fighting for? She was fighting for something that was bigger than everybody. It, it had to do with the whole world. It was fighting the gods, the evil of the gods. And and I think that people like a big story like that without you having to tear up the whole downtown New York knocking buildings over with robots, you know?
1: Yeah. Yes, right, right. I agree.
0: So I agree. that's, you know, whatever. That's my two cents worth about that.
2: Yeah. Anyway,
0: um, I, I'm going to alert Jarvis because he's got a couple minutes to do whatever he's doing downstairs and then get upstairs because he closes out the show. I want to ask you: Is there anything that, that we didn't mention about what you do and how you do it that you would, you know, that you think is important enough to say before we close out the show?
2: Um, well, uh,
1: I first of all, I'll start by saying um, uh, my name. Just a little bit something about my name, Peaches. I go by Peaches Cranko, and um, Zola is is up there on Facebook because Facebook, you know, demands that you use your legal name. Um, but mm-hmm. I was named I was named Peaches by my great grandmother when I was two weeks old. Um, okay. And um, so that's what I go by, and that's what I always go by. Um, also, speaking of when I was younger, when I was uh, in English school, I was teased a lot with the name Zola being the only black and and the only American in the school. Um, sure. I, they would tease me um, with this little rant. They had um, Zabola they would say, Zola, Zola, Zola. she stinks, she stinks, and everybody in the school would be singing this song about Zola, so I stopped using that, so um, I just wanted everyone to know, because people get confused, you know, but Peaches, Zola, what, what the hell do we call you, so um, uh, I, I do use Peaches, um, uh, I don't. I I don't know if I've been clear. I mean, if there's, um, you know, as what my motives were. Some of the questions you were asking me, what I have in mind, why I got into this. Um, I. You said you know I came from the music standpoint to the to the 3D. And interestingly enough, when I first started 3D, I had no intentions of doing music with 3D at all. I I, I was not. I had no intentions of doing music videos. Um, I just wanted to tell stories and as time went on I thought <clears throat> I can score, I can write music scores, I should at least score my own films. So I, mm-hmm, I scored, mm-hmm. you know, I scored the film and as time has gone on I just opened my mind and said, you know, why not? You know, I'll do it all. Um Right. So now I'm I'm totally okay with the with the music in the film. Um, five years down the road I All I know is that it's going to be wild if I'm still blessed to be alive. It's going to be wild, and it's going to be a place I didn't see me going. I have been Mm -hmm. um, releasing – I started two months ago um, creating original quotes, um, kind of my own personal wisdom, a series I call Notes to Myself. And I release them every day on uh, Instagram and on Facebook and um, some on Twitter. And um, I have a saying about – uh about you know getting on your path and uh, i don't remember exactly how i phrase it but um it's something like when you get a vision the point of the vision is to get you to step out onto the path and but the true destination is unknown like it's it's interesting because you have a vision in your head and you step on the path thinking you're going towards that which you're seeing in your head but what happens when you actually step out on a path and you open to it? Um, you end up somewhere where you didn't see you're going, mm-hmm. but it's bigger, it's bigger, better, deeper, and wider than where you thought it was. So, in regards to your question with me about five years from now, I don't know specifically, but I know that it's going to be bigger, grander, and wider because of the way I'm opening up into life, you know, and expressing, like you said, creative explosion, which was a great a phrase that is the phrase for me these days creative <laughs> explosion like all over the place so um i know i'll look back and say wow wow that led me here you know and just be blown away so
0: i what one, one of my favorite jokes and and you don't necessarily have to be a believe or anything else is, you know, when when you talk about you don't know what's going to happen, you know, obviously you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, very few people can see the future. But my favorite joke is, how do you make God laugh? <laughs> you know? Yes. Tell him your plans. Yeah, tell him <laughs> your, your plans. Plan.
2: Yes. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, um, and I see some people asking about my website in the chat. I, um, my website will be up this week and it's um, PeachesCranco.com. um Well, here, do this. here's the
0: here's the easiest thing for you to do um make a blog post at b s f s about your, okay. your website going live, and then Jarvis will send it out to the whole membership
1: oh sweet okay all right that's yeah that's that's perfect um
0: yeah and thank oh you. i i do have i do have one last question Jarvis you better hurry up and get upstairs. i do have one last question Yes. Yeah. do you uh go to any any kind of conventions you know the kinds of you know either black and black new age conventions black age conventions sci fi conventions or anything like that and collaborate or consult with other people in you know or or are you not at that point yet
1: uh no i don't i don't um I haven't done that uh at this point.
2: So okay, because if you I, did, I,
0: the only reason why I mentioned that was because if you did, you could post that, you know, if you're going to be at a certain convention, put it in the um the events calendar so people know that they might be able to come and actually meet you in person.
2: Oh, okay. Wow, interesting. Yeah. I'll keep that in
1: mind. You know, it's just the things there's no telling anymore. I I'm just I'm open you know, um, I'm really, I'm, I'm cautious about who I work with. I'm so
2: busy. Well, of course.
1: You know, right. and then as we've talked about before, you know, I need to be with serious people, like mine individuals, and make sure we're on the same page, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, um, yeah, I who, who knows? I hadn't even thought about what you had said, like, doing that.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, we have come to the end of the show. Jarvis usually closes it out. <laughs> Don't don't hang up after we end the show because we might have a couple more questions from the chat room, and then okay. you know we'll we'll talk about all the really cool things that the people who pick this up as a podcast won't hear because okay. we want them to listen live. <laughs> it's bait. It's just base.
2: Um,
0: uh, actually, oh, there's Jarvis now. Yes, sir.
2: I think he still has his phone muted. Can you hear me? Now we can, yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome.
3: I have been sitting here just um, soaking everything up because I've been a a fan of Peaches for a number of years now. You know, I've been watching her develop her science fiction and her videos and just, like, trying to pick her brain in terms of watching her style and how she puts everything together. And so hearing... Her whole process and background, is, it's, it's really great getting to know her better. And as always, I want to thank everyone for participating in the show, whether you um, are the host, the guest, or a listener, or just somebody that shared what we're doing on, you know, on Facebook or on the website or something like that. you want to thank everyone for that. Um, uh, I want to ask you to continue to share the site and what we're doing with as many people as you can um it's very important that we continue to grow our listener base and spread the word about these creators are doing awesome things and that's one of the things that we pride ourselves in doing is putting forth the work that people that look like us um are doing so people can be like okay I hear so many times. Well, I didn't know a black person. Do we had that many black people doing this, or a woman doing that, and all this kind of stuff? And we got all kind of stuff here. We have the most talent in the universe, as I say, on Black Science Fiction Society. Um, I just also want to throw in to please get active on the site. Post your videos. Post some of your pictures. Post uh, information about what you're doing so that we can share it out with all of the members. We have. Over five thousand members on the site now, and we also have another. Uh, we're up to eleven thousand on Facebook. I think ten thousand on Twitter, and so we are, we try to share everything that's posted on Black Science Fiction Society with all of those avenues. And I, like I said, I'm just so overjoyed to hear the um, the process that Peaches, um has. Went through in terms of developing her work, and I'm just ta- I'm sitting back here trying to learn. I'm taking
2: notes.
3: <laughs> so thank <laughs> you, Pizza. Thank you very much. Oh,
1: thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Such a pleasure. Um, oh, I
0: really, it was I really the pleasure it. was ours. The pleasure was ours. And um, oh, thank you. You know, we'll we'll revisit you. You know, in the future. You know, because when when things happen, you know, we, we definitely want to document and and let people know what the membership is up to. So I, I and and actually you made the show so easy for me. Um sometimes oh, it's wow. not, sometimes it is. And uh I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I hope you did too. Um I
1: did. I did I'm I, so, thank I worry you. I'm if I about...
0: Yeah, I worry if I talk too much.
2: <laughs> and I and I hope <laughs> I didn't
1: you told me that we were going to have a conversation, you know, and yeah. that means we both talk. So, you know, we had a conversation and, and I shared, and I'm very grateful. Thank you.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, me thank too. Thank you very much. So on behalf of our guests, on behalf of all of the people who make this happen, the people who visit, the people who drop in, the people who who pick this up as a podcast, I want to thank everybody for participating and everybody making this uh the the really great experience for me that it is and um peaches i want you to have a, a a good weekend and and we will catch up oh you know what i will get in touch with you because i want to ask you if you will do a 30 second commercial for me and and how much it would be
2: oh wow okay Okay. Yeah,
0: no, I need I need a commercial done for my book series and I've already storyboarded it and everything. I just don't I lack the tools because I can't draw worth a damn and I certainly don't know anything about animation.
2: Oh, but we'll okay. we'll
0: talk later. We'll talk offline. I'll I'll catch up with you offline. So okay. on behalf That's of Jarvis,
2: good. Peaches,
0: William, everybody in the chat room, I want everybody to have a great weekend. I don't want to read about anybody in the newspapers or see it on CNN.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and so we will catch up with you all next weekend, same time, same place. And uh, until then, uh, everybody have a great week ahead. Good night. Take
3: care. Teamwork makes the dream work.
0: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?